Hi, I'm Jack. And I'm Kevin. This is Good Company in the Car. Can't help it, the girl can't help it. Can't help it, the girl can't help it. She walks by, the mean folks can't even Okay, here we go. How are you today? Oh, let's try that again. All right, we're rolling. How are you? One more time. Yeah, one more time. How are you? Yeah, you okay? Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, let's try it one more time. And we're rolling. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. How you had some new chicken wings that you really like? I had some new chicken wings because I don't. Uh, uh, other people in the other places in the world, there's a there's a chain around here called Bonchon, and it's Korean barbecue wings. And they're very, very good, but they're awfully expensive. And um, uh, the place that I order from all the time has wings, and I discovered today that they have different flavors, and I did not know that. And I discovered the Korean barbecue flavored wings. Now, they don't taste like Bonchon, but they're very, 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 very tasty, so I enjoyed them immensely. Oh, and good. There well, was a lot of extra sauce. I yeah. got to slather them in the sauce. Been the, some sauce sure. was a, the sauce is caked in my beard, <laughs> and I had to rinse the thing on my And <laughs> they were really, really, really good. So Excellent. Well, uh, the days are getting a little longer. The sun's still up, so... These are things that make you happy. Yeah, I mean, things that so we went for a little yeah. drive yesterday. Uh, we were trying to go pick up some oysters, and the place was closed for the season, but we didn't know that. But the thing is, is that we went for this drive, and the thing that I, I always point out to Kevin, I apparently I have an uh, extraordinarily sensitive nose. Which yeah, you smell weed everywhere. Me up because <laughs> I don't think my nose I, I have that good yeah, of a sense. Yeah, I, I, I know I don't have a good sense of smell. I think it's more that than it is you. So we were on a, uh, I guess. <laughs> I guess it was an interstate highway. Yeah, we were on a major highway. We were on a major highway. We're driving the car. I was driving. And um, and I'm like, we, we noticed several times we noticed erratic drivers. Mm-hmm. And I they don't bother. It doesn't bother me. As yeah. long as they're not near me and I feel like I'm in control yeah, of my car. It bothers the hell out I, of me. Kevin, it really bothers him. Well, this one guy came onto the highway at a real fast rate of speed and zipped between Crossed us. the lane. And then he was over really in the far left-hand lane, and then he sagged way back. And when they pa- when we passed, when we passed him, yeah. the guy in the <laughs> passenger seat is point blank holding the blunt up like in the window. Uh, yeah. And it was funny to me because in my mind, I'm like, I smell pot, yeah. but I didn't, I don't think I said it that time. And I'm like, I smell it. Do you think you're smelling it? Is it is it a psychosomatic? You I, think you're smelling well, it? Well, no, because it's not something I want to smell. Yeah, it's because not you a, say you're smelling it a lot of time, and I'm like, I don't, I got nothing. Right. And then later we saw what looked like a very normal couple in a very normal car, and they were just puffing, puffing away. away, puffing away. It it's was weird um, that it's been decriminalized the possession in like almost all the states. See, I don't know what the I don't know what the regulations or whatever. Yeah, but but first can... of all, I would like to say I don't have an issue with it. I really don't. Right, right, right. My my I have two my two issues. One, you're doing something you shouldn't be doing. Well, if it's you're illegal drive. to drive under the influence of weed, right? And so. that's a little scary. And two, it stinks. Yeah. Because I cannot tell you how many times I've been in a public place and someone has walked by and the yeah. this rotten skunk <laughs> smell whacks you and about knocks you down. Yeah. I'm not against anybody. No, no, no. It's, I, out. Alcohol is the far more dangerous drug, for uh, sure. Yes, yes. <laughs> but downtown D.C., it's everywhere. It's you everywhere. smell it everywhere. And countries, listeners overseas, marijuana has been largely decriminalized in the U.S. And so you can buy it. You can get a, a, a prescription 
prescription from your doctor. Just but say I, I'm I'm neurotic. They'll but didn't get, you they know. also didn't they also lower the like if you have less than a gram or something? Oh no, like, you yeah you can you for personal use you can have without I, a yeah. prescription. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep, in the so so they decriminalized to, it to a point of. Uh, for if for consumption. personal use yep. exactly thank you and to get around it people just barter they they venmo uh they just um well, there's, like, there's gofundme i have a friend of mine yes. who grows weed yes. and he he sells it but he just has a gofundme to buy a greenhouse right. and when people give him 100 bucks for his greenhouse he gives him a bag of weed that's how he gets around that you can't and i sell don't it. know if that's illegal or not but i know that there was a company in dc that they they sold like baked goods mm-hmm. And if you bought their baked goods, uh-huh. you got a free gift with purchase. Oh, of weed. Yeah. <laughs> yep. it's, so, it's a great so way So that's really it. funny to me. I didn't sell them weed. I sold them a loaf of bread and two croissants. Mm-hmm. And as a bonus, I gave that. And, and um, I don't know what it's like over in Europe. And, and um, I don't know what the situation is with weed overseas. I have no idea what know. it's like in the UK or I have no idea. And, and it's really funny as well because. Kevin has Kevin has introduced me to cocaine. That is such a raw that is statement. But it's I not even close to me. I know it's not accurate. But what, my, what I mean by that is, is I I would see. I'm like, why is that person acting like that? And Kevin's like, they're coked out. And yeah, I'm like, oh, I, just, my, my, I never realized what the the, yeah, the, uh, the a person patterns. on cocaine would yeah. act like because I'd never been around it. Yeah. So it's really funny to me because as I I learn about all these things, I would much rather be around someone who smoked some pot yeah because usually they're super chill yeah yeah, yeah. And they're super no, relaxed weed weed is is um yeah weed can be problematic for sure but for the most part it's not <laughs> alcohol is the you know nobody gets high and punches their girlfriend well you know what i mean that's true i was at a party once and there was a friend of mine who i hadn't seen for a really long time and i was trying to interact and he's like listen man i'm sorry but i am baked <laughs> i was like okay not a problem it was really funny i don't know i don't i'm not big on weed because when i when i smoke weed i'm like god i've got that balance on my credit card i've got to do so this I've that, got but to, i thought so I get that neurotic. was a commonplace side neurotic uh, yeah, the, yeah yeah the, uh paranoia yeah a bit. Yeah, yeah paranoia or or just obsessing about things, yeah, you know. Yeah, but yeah. um, yeah. so at any rate, so uh, we went for a, a drive, and and I yeah. and uh, of course I all the time I will I will text my friends. Yeah. Oh my god, I've got the <laughs> recirculated air on in the car, and I can still smell it. <laughs> it's very funny to me. And but never, anyway, you've never smoked weed, so no, I've never smoked weed. Yeah. I'm scared for my lungs. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's my smart. family I, has bad lungs. Yeah, no, 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 no need. So no need. yeah, we don't. I, and, I'm uh, really. Like even even in future when I'm no longer a federal employee, etc., right. etc., et I have no interest. Yeah, no, yep, no, no, yeah, no, that's no, no, no. It's funny. Yeah. Did you know Peyton Manning? Um, like a month before they legalized it in Colorado, Colorado was one of the first states to legalize uh-huh. it. Peyton Manning is it Peyton Manning? Yeah, Peyton Manning bought like ninety Domino's franchises. That's really funny. <laughs> Pizza consumption went up in that state that's by like two hundred percent. Really funny. funny? But it's kind of clever. Yeah. But, no, then, uh, then that's the joke that uh, the the Girl Scouts setting up their cookie stands <laughs> no, outside, outside the dispensary. And I'm like, that's smart. It's really good for smart. them. Yeah. You know, I love it. I love it. That kind of. And serious. of course, with anything. Oh, that was something I heard. Uh, it's not an addiction as long as you can afford it. Oh, weird. That's a but that's a very accurate statement. It's not an addiction as long. I don't know, but I think addictive behavior. Even if you can afford it, but you're smoking weed morning, noon, and night, not getting shit done. I'd say that's a problem. But I'd say it's an addiction. If you can afford to do that, 
it's not an addiction. I, d- I don't agree with that statement. Because once you lose your house, yeah. you can't afford to do it anymore. Yeah, but I mean, once you being lose able your to job, afford something doesn't mean it's not addictive. It's, you're, I mean, I, it's a grand picture oh, okay. All right. I'm being too literal. I'm being too literal. You know, like, yeah. All so, right. so at any rate, do what you want. Don't hurt anybody. Don't do anything to bother other people. Exactly. <laughs> anyway. All right. Let's, it's time to talk crime. We're going to talk crime. Yeah, this one this is sad. This is kind well, of sad. All sad. It's weird. This one has a lot of, like, I don't get it. The time doesn't there, seem to work there's, for me. There are a lot of questions to this one, and I it's, agree. Uh, of course, it's Forensic Files. Forensic Files. Season 6. Season 6. Episode 19. Episode 19. And this one is aptly titled Pure Evil. And we are in Toleco, Texas, which is outside of Dallas, I believe. And it is July 29th, 1993. And a road crew has discovered the body of a young girl that has been decapitated. Both of her hands have been cut off. She's been horribly mutilated. And then about 200 feet away in the in the gully of a creek, they find a fully clothed teenage boy. And in his back pocket, there is a library card. And the name on the card is James King. There's no identification with the woman's body. And it's going to be very difficult because there's no, they can't do dental records. They can't do fingerprints. We get a lot of views of the body, which I almost thought was too much for instance. Yes, Didn't I you agree. agree with me on that? I thought it was I a little agree. disrespectful. Because, because her her hands and were they were showing the, the arms. They showed her arms where her hands had been cut off, which was a little Yeah, yeah and then they showed the torso. Much, it was you know, a little too yeah. much. And anyway, here's Sergeant Johnny Cruz. The library card had the name which stated uh, James Brian King. And uh, we thought that may be him, but we weren't sure at this point because it was not a photo ID type. It was just a card with a name on it. So, yeah, just a name on a library card. Right. And they're going to take it to... The mere... The, and I just want to add here, it was a library card. Yeah, he's a kid. This is a kid with yeah. a library he, he was, card. He ends up being 14 years old. This is Dr. Sheila Spotswood. She is the medical examiner, and she explains what she is given. She looked like a, a young, adolescent, teenage white girl. Uh, she also had amputations of both nipples and a number of other cuts, mostly on the front of her body. Uh, she had some very long cuts down the front of the abdomen uh, with extrusion or evisceration of part of the intestines to the outside. It's terrifying, right, what, what's been done right. in this poor girl. Right, yes. But there are no signs of rape, which apparently once we learn more about the profile of this kind of killer, that they kind of anticipated this. So the police have taken the library card to James King's father, and the father confirms that it is indeed his son's. He recognizes the wallet. And we showed Mr. King the wallet that had been retrieved from the white male's body, and he opened it and looked at some of the photos and looked at the library card. And we could tell his eyes began to get watery. And he said, uh, yeah, you know, I recognize the wallet. You know, this is the wallet I gave to him, my son. Reenactment King looks like the real King, by the way. This is one of my first questions. The kid had been missing for two days. Yes. And according to research, the day they went, the morning after this, we're going to they talk about missing, an incident, right? but the morning after they were reported missing. Yeah. So it is Files very, doesn't say that. They just say Right, yeah. right. Because that's what was throwing me off in this one. I was like, well, wait a minute. Yeah. If they were missing, why didn't anybody know they were, but. It, it, yeah, yeah, there was that. It, forensic Files, because they try to pare yeah, yeah, everything they down. They, they leave some stuff out. So there's an incident that Kevin's about to describe 
described, but the the next morning, the the this boy was reported missing because he was missing. Right. So for two days, nobody knew where this kid was. Right. So the father of James says he thinks the body of the young girl might be his stepdaughter, who is 13-year-old Christina Benjamin. So she is the stepsister to Jimmy. So so James and Christina are um, step-siblings. Now, and they're both missing. And they're both missing, 13 and 14 years old. Now, this is one thing about that I, I even in my research, I wasn't able to determine. They're step-siblings. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that Christina Christina's mother mm-hmm. is the same mother of Jimmy James young James James's father see yes, it was never they didn't, they didn't it, say how they're related so but. James's James's father has got him oh, is married and that's not that's not the the boy's mother and James's ex-wife is married right. and that's not the father of the so they're step siblings so they're, they're not related by blood but they're not related but the the step connection is never explained no, correctly it's not. And, and there's nothing online to explain yeah, yeah, it, it was either. very well i think that's, that's probably because we're kids well okay. mr king tells the police that a few nights earlier brian was sleeping in a hammock in the front yard other sources say the backyard but that doesn't really matter and a tan car pulled up uh he said brian went over and talked to whoever was in the car and after a few seconds 20 seconds or whatever he got in and the car drove away so he didn't think too much of it. He went went back to bed, and then again, following letting your kid, your fourteen year old kid, go off in the night like that, and in the middle of the night. Now I understand. He said the it was sleeping, a little before midnight. I understand the sleeping outside thing. I was a kid. Text, I was con- apparently, it was like one hundred and five degrees, right, right, right. sweltering. But if if I'm telling you, if Mrs. Evans was uh-huh. standing in the doorway and saw me approach a car that she didn't know yeah. at almost midnight, yeah. she would have called out to me to come to the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, and then the next morning, they realized Christina's gone too. So they collected some hair from Christina's hairbrush, and they compared it to some hair that was found on a barbed wire fence by the crime scene. This is Charles Lynch. He's a forensic scientist, and he explains that they are molecularly similar. Once the uh, hairs from the barbed wire and the hairs from the strand that were found out at the crime scene location were submitted to the laboratory, I uh, produced microscope slides, and I compared those hairs to the hairs from the hairbrush, and they were uh, microscopically consistent uh, with one another. So this is back in 93. So they don't DNA and all that stuff. They, we get to DNA, but it's very kind of primitive. It seems like 1993 wasn't that long ago. And right, then it's like, it Jesus, that's 30 years yeah, ago. Exactly. So the hairs are similar, which in cop talk means identical. The family then provided investigators with an x-ray of a recent injury Christina had suffered to her right leg and it matched an x-ray of the victim. So now we know this is Christina. So this is definitely her body. This is Jean Bellows. Uh, she's Christina's grandmother. And she talks about how she learned of Christina. Christina's death. For the day they found her, Donna called me up that night and uh, said, Mom, I need some help. She said, Chrissy, Dad, she's been murdered. And I couldn't believe it. And that's how we found out about it. And it's heartrending. She's she's still. Yeah. This is Obviously. this is a decade yes, later. Yes, of course. You never get over something like that. And Gina King is Brian's sister. I could never imagine losing a child, and nobody, unless it's happened to you, nobody else can either. I can't imagine what my mom went through. So Gina feels for her mother, but I, Gina, I think you probably went through it a bit too, right? Losing your little brother like that. Now Lynch has found the tiniest blonde hair on Brian's pants, and it's not Christina's. It's not Brian's. 
They also found a really, really, really fine thread on his shoe. It was so tiny. You can see the picture from the police evidence. It was so tiny. Yeah. It was like smaller than a nail paring. Yeah. And, and of course, this reminds me, there's always evidence. There is. There's always evidence. It's just, it's so much, it was just so infinitesimally small. I couldn't believe it. But Lynch explains what it means. I looked at the fiber from the male victim's shoe using transmitted light microscopy. I've seen those types of carpet fibers before, usually from Japanese vehicles. And this was a tan fiber. So that was my communication to the police that it may uh, be from a tan. Uh, vehicle of Japanese make. So he has enough experience. His vast knowledge of evidentiary crime or whatever, he's like, this looks like a fiber from an, a, a Japanese-made right. car. This is a popular fabric that the Japanese automakers And we've use. discussed this before. There are databases for shoes, carpets, yeah. paints. <laughs> what was the one called for the shoe? It was a shoe. I can't remember. Oh, it was, it was such a funny... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was so funny. But, but all the paint, all the paint that's ever been used on any car in mass production, mm -hmm. there is a... There's a... There's a... There's a Database for it. Da thank you. <laughs> right out of my head. There's a database for it, including the fibers of the carpets and the material for the seats and the plastics. So all of this stuff, that's, that's how come it's like when I think about somebody, you can't, I don't, you can't get away with it. Well, you can't. You can't get away with you it. You super can't now, but you could almost back then. Almost. But this is big news in that part of Texas. So the pathologist, Dr. Spotswood, again, was startled by the brutality of the murder. It's the the worst case of mutilation that I've seen uh, in my work here. I have seen other cases of mutilation and seen a lot of cases of, of what they call the crimes of passion or overkill where someone's stabbed or shot multiple times. But this is the only case I've seen like this where someone had this much um, mutilation of the body probably after death. So a psychological profiler now tells us that the killer or these kinds of killers have aberrant tendencies, which is just, I don't know if that's just being a little too obvious or well, what. There's nothing normal about this. It's uh, All of it's aberrant. Well, but I feel that the way this was described and when we find out who it is, mm -hmm. the background of that person Yeah. It's almost textbook. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. Yeah. This comes together. The viciousness of the crime tells the profilers that whoever committed the crime had an extreme hatred towards the victim and most likely knew them. So now we head to the FBI headquarters in Quantico, Virginia. I went to Quantico once when my brother graduated from FBI Academy. I've been there too as in, well. In the little village of yes, Quantico, you get that's in there. Where they, that's where they practice for like bank robbers yeah. and kidnappings and It stuff was like cool. That. It was like a movie set. It's called Hogan's Alley. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. And there was yeah. a subway shop and a yes. Quantico, who knew? Who knew? The profilers there took one look at the pictures and they told the district attorney that this was not a sexually motivated crime and that the victim was not raped. And here is Joe Grubbs. He's the district attorney. One of them said to me after he looked at the photographs he said uh, this is not a sexual crime and I was a little confused because obviously she was nude and uh, uh, never found her clothing and he said whoever whoever committed this crime did not have sex with her we now learn or now learn what you said now it's it's interesting this is this is so oddly interesting because what you said before the the thing uh-huh uh that the the, the the victim was not sexually and they uh, took one look at the, the pictures and then profilers like she was not sexually right. assaulted they're like how now, did you know that now what is interesting to me about that is to the victim's loved ones mm -hmm. that is a 
Well, at least not that. Oof. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, and isn't that horrible under the cir- under the circumstances for you to think? Well, at least not. At least not the very. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's just awful. Yeah, it's horrible. We learned that killers like this who mutilate their victims typically have a history of mutilating animals. That's a really worrying sign. I had a yes. friend of mine, his older brother, liked to kill <clears throat> like fish. Just let them die in the sun. He'd catch them and then he just creepy. watch them. He well, had, no, well, there was a thing. Is it Netflix or is it on Amazon about uh, the cat? Uh, don't kill cat. Don't. don't oh, 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 don't fuck with cats. Don't fuck with cats. And, yeah. they, and, the, and that's the how they. That's how they've tracked they down chased murderers. Chased down. Yeah, it was great. The, the don't fuck with cat. Don't fuck with cats was it's horrible. Great. The neighbors have told the authorities that Christina and Brian were planning on going out with someone named Jason the night they went missing. The cops had canvassed the neighborhood, asking if anybody knew anything, and somebody had apparently heard that. Then they got a anonymous call. The sheriff always got an a, anonymous call. A lot of people drop dime on this guy. In this really? Episode. There's a mutilated sheep behind the McDonald's. I thought it was and a calf. I, could, I thought it was a I calf. A mutilated calf. But was, a more yeah, Texas yeah. crime. And of course, the way he said it, McDonald's. he said, there's a mutilated calf behind the McDonald's. And I'm thinking to myself, isn't that odd? That they they'd be mutilating an animal behind, behind McDonald's. Yeah. So when they arrive, there is a tan-colored vehicle, and there's a gentleman with blonde hair who flees the scene. They find a bracelet with the name Jason on it, and the car looks like it's been pulled through a keyhole backwards, well, as you like to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. We learn that this is Jason Massey. He's a twenty-one. He's a twenty-year-old dropout. Uh, he has a record of petty crimes and stalking. And most notably, mutilating animals. So he's known for this. Yeah. Like, everybody knows, oh, Jason likes to kill a mutilated animal. Yeah, they animals. got another anonymous tip saying Jason likes to... He kills a dog. Literally, this is what they say. He kills a dog every chance he gets. That's that's just so fucking disturbing. And, th- and then it's it's not quite... It's not quite common knowledge, but a couple of his friends were like, oh, yeah, and he likes to decapitate them and save the heads. Save the skulls, yeah. And he and would- he calls kid- them his trophy. Yes, and he would kidnap neighbors' pets and shit. Ugh. So literally, where's the dog? Where, yeah. Where's it? Yeah. Oh, so that oh. was that Jason kid's guy. Yeah. Investigators learned that Jason did indeed know Brian and Christina, and he had remarked to friends about how much he liked Christina. Uh, Jason's 20, Christina's 13. And the, mm. There's no way the parents. Where my, are the parents? Well, well, but, but kids don't tell their parents stuff. Yeah. But I'm saying other people had to notice the 20 year old yeah. talking to the 13, 14 yes. year old. While there's no smoking gun, the evidence is kind of pointing towards Jason. The great difficulty in the case all along was what happened. How did this boy get killed? How did the girl get killed? What was the sequence? What um, was she sexually assaulted? What was the motive? Why was it done? And that was completely missing from the crime scene. That was the aptly named Clay Strange, who was the former district attorney. (laughs) So for the record, Clay, she was not sexually Sexually assaulted. assaulted. We know that, okay? There's no question about it. She was not. I don't know why they keep bringing that up. They get Jason in an interview room, and Detective Cruz places pictures of her autopsy on the table in front of Jason. No, I didn't think he did. I didn't think it was autopsy. I thought it was the crime scene photo. Crime scene, or I think it was... I think it was a little bit of both. Uh, okay. okay, either way. Yeah, yeah. I said, Jason, I said, I said, I want you to see something. And he looked at me, and I, and I threw down some photos of the crime scene, which showed Christina Benjamin and Brian King. And I said, Jason, I said, I want you to look at her. I said, tell me one thing. I said, is she as pretty now in these photos as she was that night that you had her? And he looked down and he looked at me and the next thing I know, he's he's kind of bending over and he's 
gagging real, you know, real big time, you know. And I knew I hit a, a soft spot in him, you know, when he did that. I'll never will forget that that expression of him. And he makes the comment as she is pretty as as she was right. Yeah, I, you I, I don't want to now. Admit. And I'm like, and and his response, he he threw up. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, so where was that? Where response? was yeah. yes, exactly. <laughs> Oof. So there's no proof that Jason did this, but we have to turn to forensics and scientific evidence. And this is uh, this episode came out in like 2002. And back then, 20 years ago, they zoomed in on the Mac right, laptop computer. Right, right. Like, wow, dazzling with that. And I loved it. From Jason's car, they have recovered some samples of the carpet fiber. They find blood samples on three different locations. They find a hatchet, a hammer, duct, duct tape, tape, but no sign of the gun. But they do find a receipt <laughs> for the twenty-two caliber shells. And is this, or they say it later, he had a murder kit in yeah, the trunk of his kit. car. <laughs> Who says if Walmart, if it should be illegal to purchase duct tape, uh, bags, <laughs> zip ties, and <laughs> at the same time, that's, a, the that's, same an time. Agree, that's an I agree with that statement, but at the exact same time, like you know, like hunters and fishermen and stuff like that buy yeah, all that they, shit they at do. the same they time do. they get another tip from someone else another anonymous no. tip i, I don't think Man, this like town jason. didn't like jason <laughs> oh whoa, whoa, before we go any further jason is six foot tall uh-huh. blonde uh-huh. i think he's blue eyed uh-huh. and he is a handsome dude he's nice looking yeah. he is a nice looking guy that comes into play later. and that comes into that very much comes into play it does but think about it he you know he has worked his charm mm-hmm. Because his charm is what, oh, hey, hey, mm-hmm. hey. Oh, no, no, no. Bring your cousin. Let's yeah. go. No, 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 no. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. The anonymous tip says that they saw Jason cleaning his car inside and out at the local car wash. <laughs> so the cops race over. S- and small they retrie- town, man. They retrie- small town. They retrieve the contents from the vacuum. And in it, they find an appointment card for Jason's probation Ocean officer. And they find some long blonde hairs. Here's Lynch again. Head hairs from the vehicle of Jason Massey and head hairs found at the car wash location were all microscopically similar to those of Christina Benjamin. This is where it gets a little confusing for me. The, the hair samples that they found matched Christina's. Right. They have the blood samples that they found in Jason's car, and they can use that for DNA matching. However, they say the condition of the bodies was so badly degraded they couldn't get viable DNA. They were only missing for two I days. That. Yeah, they said they they had to they had to do re- reverse paternal mashing from the parents to confirm that the well, blood was indeed guess, theirs. I guess if the bodies were outside and it was over a hundred degrees for two days, but I mean, yeah, they, but yeah. but there, no viable DNA and all of that organic uh, yeah, material. That, I don't know. I don't. I, that, I'm, I'm guessing because of the heat. I guess, but they, they, you know, it was only it 48 them. hours, 72 hours, and yeah. she, they, they looked terrible. She looked Ooh. terrible. So they, they confirmed that the blood is Christina's uh, and Brian's, and they get a forensic entomologist to recreate how long the bodies had been when they were discovered. So I don't know why they needed to do this, because they clearly went missing on the night of the 26th, right, morning of the 27th. Make, I think that the reason that they wanted to do it was, so they went missing at, They went missing two days ago. Uh-huh. How long have they been dead how versus long how long they've been missing? Okay. So were, were, there, were they killed With, that morning okay. and found, or were they killed the, the night that they okay. were Okay, well, he, he... That's re- the reason they do that. He recreated the environmental climate of the, of the bodies, right. and... He was able to show that the grubs that had been deposited on Christina's body 
we're about it's, 48 hours it's of development. It's always bizarre to think that there's that many bugs. I mean, I know that there's gazillions of bugs, but mm. it's so interesting to think that the bugs got onto it that fast. Yeah, yeah, they do. They were killed two days earlier before they were discovered. That coincides with about the time that they drove off with Jason. So they arrest Jason on two counts of murder, but attorney Grubbs is worried Jason and his good looks might persuade a juror or two to not convict right. them. Jason Massey was a handsome young man, and I was worried that if he took the stand and testified that he might um, sway some of the jurors. So this is the timeline the prosecution is presenting to the jury. On July 27th, 1993, Jason picked up Brian and Christina, and he took them for a ride. When he got to the bridge on Cut Road, he shot Brian with a 22 caliber pistol. He threw his body off the bridge, and then Christina took off running. He tried to catch up to her, but he couldn't, so he shot her from a distance in the back twice. That didn't kill her. Oh. Then he shot her in the head, and then he also stabbed her. And then he mutilated her body, and we don't need to go there anymore. They are labeling him a lust murderer. There was no traditional motive in this case, and instead, Massey was most likely what's referred to as a lust murderer. That is a person that receives a certain degree of sexual gratification from the killing and mutilation of human beings. So during his trial in 1994, while the trial is going on, a hunter discovers an aluminum box, and it's filled with animal heads and a bunch of mead notebooks. Yeah. I had the Remember those mead yes. notebooks? I had those. The, the, but the pictures, it, it wasn't a metal, it was a cooler. It was yeah, it was an aluminum a cooler. cooler. Yeah, he's, it's the Slayer, what is it, the Slayer book, the Slayer's, Slayer's book, book of, of death. death. And Slayer is written like the band Slayer, yes. so I guarantee you he was but listening to them. Of course he did. So they discover this very damning evidence. It's his journal, his fantasies about all the people he's going to kill. Again, the, I go they, back to super small town. Yeah. Some guy's walking through the woods and finds his kill site. Yeah. And it was during the trial was in its closing stages. So they get this evidence and he wanted to become one of the most prolific serial killers of all time. He was going to kill two people a month and he was going to do it for 20 years. And Ted Bundy was his idol. And so the prosecution has to get together. A presentation. They've only got about a day before the penalty phase is going, and they want to present all of this terrifying information to the jury. They do. The jury deliberates for 15 minutes wow. and gives them the death penalty. Wow. 15 minutes. So he exhausts his appeals. I'm getting ahead of myself. So the jury deliberates for all of 15 minutes, which must be a record for a death penalty case. But when he gets the death penalty, the judge says this, and the people stand up and cheer. Well, the judge said... I sentence you to death by lethal injection, and the only injustice in this court today will be that, that that your death will be so much more humane than that of your victims. The judge said that. And everybody stood up and cheered for the judge. He was executed in April 3rd, 2001. He apologized to the families, but they weren't having it. I admit my guilt, and I ask your forgiveness. I pray you will forgive me. If not now, then in the future. May God be with you and keep you through this. His servant, Jason Eric Massey. I don't know how to describe it other than we watched him die. We had no emotions other than we were, we were watching this person die. He kept mouthing, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. We didn't believe him. No, there's no way that you could forgive this man for what he did. It was quick. It was painless. He was lucky. You know, the way I look at it. My brother and my stepsister weren't so lucky. I mean, you know, they died horrible deaths. 
So it sounds like he would became a born again Christian while in jail. Well, and well, I think I think for these people when they get a, of course this is one hundred percent my opinion. When once they're incarcerated yeah. and they're actually looking at their at their Crime? timeline, their crimes. Yeah. I mean, they're forced to really look at it. Yeah. Oh shit! I fucked up. Yeah. I don't think it's necessarily. You know, uh, there in in my research, the the we, we kind of glossed over earlier. The mother, his mother, was a single. He yeah, he he had a single mother and an abusive, and, and non-existent she, exactly. Father. And she was a uh, a partier. She liked going to bars, carrying issues, on substance, substance issues, all this kind yeah. of stuff. She actually found. His journals. journals and stuff way before all this went down. When he down. was 18. It was a couple years before right. the crime. And he uh, she, t- he was taken to a psychologist or a psychiatrist oh, or Wasn't he committed to a facility for a period of time? Yes. He was put into a facility and he was only there a short period of time when another psychiatrist said, oh, no, no, no. This guy's fine. Huh. He doesn't need to be here. Wow. And was released. Wow. Unbelievable. See, so it, 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 it's just, you just, so he got in there. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got to play cool. I got to act nice. I got to do the, this. Oh, look, you're look fine. Look at those journals. The stuff he wrote in those journals. is Which is why he started hiding his shit out in the woods. Yeah. So no one would find it. Yeah. And he was going to be the world's most prolific serial killer. Until he but, got caught. And then he was apologetic and he turned yeah. to Christianity. Yeah. Well. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, you have any last words, Jason? I'm just glad it's over, but I don't know. I, that kind of callousness, it's shocking, but... It is very scary. It's very, very scary. The- so these poor kids who, you know... Oh, this cool twenty-year-old yeah. wants to be friends with I, I us. I would have, if a twenty-year-old when I was a teenager was like, "Hey, you want to go out for a joyride?" I'd be like, "Yeah, absolutely." I don't see. I was, I was a chicken shit. Yeah. I'd be like, "I don't know who you are," yeah. you know, like kind of thing. So, I mean, I would think that there was some grooming involved because he knew. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. That's good. Them. That's apt. So right. I was like, Groom, "Oh, he's cool. Yeah, he's yeah, cool." Yeah. Or you know, oh, he the family knows him. Something. Like I don't know that. how he thought he was going to get away with it. I don't. I either. have no idea. I think. I think. It got away from him yeah. i think they got out to the this is all my uh take on this yes <laughs> is they got out to the middle of nowhere wherever he wanted to do and uh-huh. he was going to make him do something yeah. and the boy took off running and he shot the boy and then that supremely escalated everything uh, I, 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 maybe he wasn't trying to kill them maybe he just wanted to do things to them well they they said that he shot he pulled out a gun just shot brian and threw him off to get well, him out of there so he wouldn't interfere with his assault this on guy never Christina. told what he did he went. He went to his death. He, he never, never told without him. without he only saying that he did it. He didn't give the details. Yeah. All right. So yeah. there's there's that unknown of what actually went down. Let's talk about chicken wings. <laughs> <laughs> so much lighter. It's so much so easier much to, to talk about. Exactly. Right. <laughs> I can talk about chicken wings. Chicken wings forever. <laughs> well, on that note. Yeah. Thank you for listening. More of Warve. That someday the ass will be the girl can't have it. She's in love with me.